You are listening to the Sojourn Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to view a video version of this message, please visit our website, sojournchurch.org. You wouldn't think that something this small would cause so much damage, but it did. Small bullet, 7.625 in diameter. Is that morning, I looked over at Vanessa and I said, man, I just don't want to go. I don't feel, I don't feel like, I feel weird about this. I don't want to go. She says, you love to hunt. Are you crazy? Plus, I need to get rid of you. You need to go. And so I packed my things, and we're headed off to our pastoral retreat that we take every year. We've taken every year. And remember driving down, feeling weird. And in that, that moment, after we, we had lunch and sat around the fire, I said to the guys, I'm going to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head out. I know we got to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, so I'm going to go. I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to go this way. And I hopped on the four-wheeler, and I go back to the cabin because I know that I'm going to try to get some sleep. But I didn't tell them was that I was taking a detour, taking a detour back to the cabin. And there's a lake on the property, beautiful. It's a full moon that night. And so I'm going to drive over there and just sit out there by the water in the dark and just pray because I love to pray, I like I love water. And after I'm sitting there for a little while, I, I hear the noise and commotion of another vehicle, what they call a mule. I can hear the engine coming and I think about it and I'm like, it's getting close. I think they're getting closer to me. Yeah, that sounds like them. I know those voices. And as they get close, I look look over and I can see two of my friends that are here on staff. They were here on staff and that they were uh, about 100 yards away, 75, 100 yards away. And all of a sudden, just like this light is shining in my eyes right now, I see a light shine on me and I think to myself, they see me. <laughs> they see me over here. And so just as I get ready to put my hand up and let them know that I'm over here, the loudest sound that I have ever heard in my whole entire life sounds like this. It's actually louder than that. <laughs> but I sit there and, and the first bullet comes in and hits right here in the side and explodes out here on the other side. Immediately I can feel blood running out of my side and gushing down my pants leg into my boots. And I can't describe the pain to you, but it's so painful and it's so, uh, such a, a, an increase in intent. There's a burning sensation. There's a, a, a sensation that feels like that I'm, I'm, I can't, it takes the breath away and burning and sharp pain and excruciating pain all at the same time. Second bullet, the second bullet is whizzing through the air at this, at this high speed and it comes into my, right here in my arm and it lodges right here, right here. And the reason why it lodged that way is because I was making the muscle as I was heading down off of the four-wheeler. Just that, that bicep, it could not contain. And so therefore, I, it just the muscle was going down. And as I fall off the four-wheeler, my breath is taken away. And all of a sudden, the other two shots are whizzing by my head as fast as they could. And I just immediately, I cannot breathe. I cannot think. And the only thing that I can think of is I'm going to die right here. I'm going to die. I can, and, and, and the next thing I know is two friends of mine that walk up over and they look at me and they say, where, where are the hogs? Where are the pigs? Because you see, I had a black shirt on and I was sitting 
uh, there and they couldn't see me. But I don't know about you, anybody ever hear of a pig driving a four-wheeler? I just want to know if anybody ever heard of that. Maybe in your neck of the woods they do that, but uh, maybe in that little story uh, that your mother told you when you were a kid, this little kid went to the market, this little pig went to the, went, uh, went whatever, and then this little pig went, wee, 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 oh, you shot me, all the way to the hospital. I don't know, I've never heard of a pig or a hog driving a four-wheeler, but that's what they talk. He said, where's the hogs? Where's the hogs all? Where are they? And all I can say is, you shot me, and the pain and they, and they go, they go, somebody go get help. They left to go get help. And the one guy that was my friend, he stays standing there with me, and I am screaming. So forget about everything you heard on the news and everything you heard, every, all the John Wayne movies, all the MacGyver movies, all the Knight Rider movies, all the A-Team, dun, 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 all those things that you saw people get shot, and they go, oh, oh, you got me. It's not true. I screamed like a little girl. Ah! screaming because it was so much pain. And um, in my eyes, in my heart, I knew that this was the end. So I say to my friend, I said, hey, listen, I'm going to die. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. This is, this, is, this is experience. You don't come back from these. And I look at him and I said, I want you to go back and tell Vanessa that I love her. Let her know that she's the love of my life. And I don't know what I will do without her. And tell her this was an accident. And you sit there and you make sure that you let her know that. Now, so you tell my, my daughter, Ainsley, my firstborn, you let her know that I'm sorry that I won't be able to walk her down the aisle. And I won't be able to go to her high school graduation. I won't be able to talk to her about boys and talk to her about fashion and all that stuff. But you tell her that I'm sorry that this happened and that I love her. And I go down the line. She tells CJ the same thing. You tell him that I love him and that I know we love baseball and football and all those things and hunting, but I won't be able to do it. You just tell him. You tell him I love him. And I go down the line. So you tell Luke the exact same thing. Let him know that I love him. And that, that hairdo and all that stuff that we, we talk about and all the things that you just tell him I love him. And I'm sorry that this happened. I'm sorry. I'm not going to make it. Then I said, you tell my unborn baby girl, Brayden, who, because my wife Vanessa was pregnant with Brayden at the time. I said, you tell her that I'm sorry that I won't be there for her birth. And he's crying. I'm crying. I'm screaming. He's crying. And I just said, you promised me. I said, you promised me. Tell, promise me you're going to let him know. You're going to tell him. And he said, I promise. I'll tell him. It was at that moment, and I'm telling you that that's a trauma incident that has happened, that happened in my life. Now, when we talk about, I'm talking about trauma this morning, and when we normally talk about trauma, you think in terms of an accident like that. But I'm telling you what, everybody in this room in some way, shape, or form has dealt with trauma. He's like, no, that's a, that's a horrific uh, incident. I'm telling you, if you knew what the definition of trauma was, the doctor, the, the clinical definition of trauma, you'll realize that there's an incidence or there's an area in your life that you have gone into and, and that you've experienced that has caused trauma, and that trauma causes things in your life for you to be shut down. And, and when the enemy uses trauma to put fear in your life and to keep you at a place where you can't move forward in the things of God. 
We talk about freedom. We've been talking about it. And I want to tell you this morning that I have been praying for you. We've been praying that the fact that the Holy Spirit would show you those places and areas of trauma that have been in your life that has shut you down because it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. And whatever trauma you've gone through, whatever incidents in your life that you've gone through, God is wanting to release the death grip of the trauma in your life and bring about a freedom to you that you've never experienced before. And I'm praying that you would walk in that this morning. Are you ready? Lord, I want to thank you that as we've been worshiping, that you've already set us free. We talk about worshiping and singing these songs, Lord. You are. This is the name of Jesus that is above every name. There's power in that name to break every chain, Lord. And so I'm thankful, Lord, that you're doing it. And we bless you and we love you, Lord, that there'll be freedom brought about in this house today. In Jesus' name, amen. The definition of trauma is an experience or feeling either feeling overwhelmed or helpless or paralyzed or maybe just even frightened, but by a deeply distressing event that's happened in your life. Anybody ever felt helpless at times in your life? Anybody ever felt like that you couldn't do anything, felt paralyzed in a situation? Anybody ever lost a loved one? That's the trauma in your life. Anybody ever felt, felt paralyzed or fear about something that's happened in your life? Anybody? I'm raising my hand. Anybody ever felt like there was something that happened that you couldn't, you couldn't control? That's a trauma. It can come from abandonment. and You don't have to raise your hand for that. Even by being mistreated, a betrayal, rejection, death of a loved one. I just said that divorce can cause trauma in your life. Any type of violent accident any type of wreck or violent accident, even on a bicycle, even on something that you recreational that's happened in your life, trauma, a victim of a crime, even some, some of you, somebody that has been a victim of a, a scam or anything like that, it can cause trauma in your life. If that's you, I am talking to you this morning. Those of you that are here, I'm talking to you online. You've experienced those trauma, those things in your life, then that's a trauma. And the enemy uses trauma, causes a, an event, and he demarks that, that, that uh, event in your life that will keep you shut down and keep you moving from what God has called you to move into. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 30. I'm going to tell you, this is an incident or something that happened in the Bible that you can relate to that's talking about what is the trauma? Is it, what does the scripture say about it? What does God say about trauma in the Bible? We're going to, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1 says this. Now what happened? You've, some of you heard this story, but those of you not, I want you to just bear with me anyway. It happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag attacked, and he attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captain the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city and there it was, burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept. And I want to stop here just for a second because I know that there's some instances in your life where you've just called, yeah, but wept and you had to weep. And there's things, the tears. God knows those tears. He sees those tears. I want you to know this. God wants you to know that he knows the tears that you cry. He knows there's in, internal tears. He knows the things that you're going through. And just as uh, Pastor Kevin said, when we come to pray, he already knows what we have need of before we ask because he's that kind of a father. 
Father. He loves us, right? You know, he loves us and he knows, and he knows the tears that are going, that, that you've wept. And so that they wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Enohim and, and the Jezreelites and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the, the Carmelite, and had been taken captive. Now listen at this. This is a definition of, this is what it looks like to have stress. Verse six, now David was greatly distressed. Anybody ever been distressed? David said this, he, he was greatly distressed. And here's why. For the people spoke of stoning him. You know, I would walk in some stress too. Amen. We might know what I'm talking about. I'd walk in some stress if they talked about stoning, stoning me. And so he said that. He was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of the people were grieved. Some of you have gone through some the grieving process. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But this is what I love about this verse. It said, but David strengthened himself in the Lord. How I many you know that it's important for us to strengthen ourselves in the Lord? Amen? Now, here, I want you to look up here just for a second. I love this verse because it does not say what David did to strengthen himself in the Lord. It doesn't go into detail. It said, said David went and found a CD, his favorite CD. It's the one that he, when he first got saved, and he popped that CD in, and he turned the bass up, and he ticked the shoes off, and he just started dancing before the Lord. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that David went down on his knees, and he began to pray like he'd never prayed before. It didn't say that. It didn't say that David turned on I Sojourn and went and watched and listened to Pastor Chris, even though I think that would have helped him. I'm just saying, I'm saying, I'm just saying, I think that would have helped him. But it said that he began to strengthen himself in the Lord. And I want to tell you this morning that there's a place in your life, some of you that have gone through a trauma and all those things that have gone on in your life, there's always a place where you can strengthen yourself in the Lord. There's always a place where you can raise up out of the miry clay and get up out of the ditch, get up out of that place of that the enemy has had you and say, Satan, you have no place over me. You have no hold over me because you are a defeated foe and my God has paid for me the price so that I can walk in freedom and freedom rings from my heart and I'm a man or a woman of freedom and I can stand in the place of freedom so I know that I can get rid of this stress and step into a place where I'm strengthened in the Lord. You know what I'm talking about? I'm telling you, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can sit there. I don't care. Some of you just like, well, I don't sing very good. It doesn't matter how you sing. It doesn't matter what you do. I don't care if you sing off key. I don't even, I don't even care if you know what key it is. All you need to know is that the key that God's placed on the inside of your heart is the key to unlock the chains that Satan has put on the, in, on, on the top of you to keep you bound. But my God has said that he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Did you hear what I'm telling you? You're stepping in a place of freedom. You can do it. Stress. Whatever it is, some of you are going through it right now. COVID has caused some stress in your life. COVID has caused some things to, somebody said, who's it? I was talking to somebody else. Uh, I, actually, I was, I was in a grocery store the other day, and I heard this conversation. There was a lady who, she said, I, she was talking to herself, and she goes, you know, I don't really need this. She was looking at, she had a big old bag of M&Ms. I said, yes, you do, because I talk to everybody. I said, everybody need a bag of M&Ms in their life, right? That's what M&Ms stand for, mm Mm, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? That's what it stands for. The brother, the brother who made M&Ms didn't know what to say. So he's like, what do we call this? I don't know. Everybody, I want everybody in here. We got to figure out what to call it. He goes, here, put this in your mouth. He goes, mm, mm. And he's like, that's what we're going to call it. Y'all didn't know that, did you? I'm just kidding. I just made that up. But I'm just telling you, that's how I 
figured that the Eminem's are. I said, that's why. And I'm telling you. And so she was just like, and so I, here I am. If you, those of you that know me, I'm always having conversations with people that I don't know. I just love people. I'm always talking to people. Anyway, I was talking to her. She goes, you know what? I, I said, you, everybody needs a bag of Eminem's. She said, nah, uh. She goes, I, I, I eat these because I'm stress eating. I go, I do that too. I said, she goes, you eat. She goes, you do. I go, yes. Everybody sometimes, you know, we call it stress eating. But you ever heard of Little Debbie Snack Cake? So I introduced her to Little Debbie Snack Cake, and I started talking to her about Little Debbie Snack Cakes. And she goes, I don't eat those. I go, well, you don't know what you're missing, girl. You don't know what you're missing. You don't know that white stuff in the middle. That's all good, covered in that chocolate. I mean, that's the cure to racism right there. You got white inside the chocolate to keep us in a place. So if everybody would eat Little Debbie Snack Cakes, what a wonderful world it would be. And I'm just trying to say right now that I could cause a racism to be just zebra cakes. Don't you think the Lord was in that? Black stripes on a white cake. Don't you think God was in that? He was trying to make something happen. Why am I talking about Little Debbie Snack? Okay, the story. Back to the story. Now, some of you guys are laughing, but the truth is, is that we do certain things that has to do with stress that God has not, the little ticks, the little things that the enemy, and, we're, and God's like, I want, I, if you'll let me have that, I'll get that off of you. The little stress, the little, every time that that happens, anytime somebody raises their voice in a conversation, anytime somebody comes at you differently or try to mistreat you, that's that, that fear, the intrepidation, that, that tim, intimidation that comes in your heart. You know what I'm talking about. I'm going to be real with you for a minute. That knot in your stomach that comes on, that, that stress, that is stress, that is is trauma. Those, those are things and places of trauma that, that the enemy is trying to put on in your life and try to keep you from God's very best. And God is saying today, I want to take that from you. And I'm going to bring about a place of freedom if you'll let me have it. And this is what I love about the Holy Spirit. He says, call to me and I'll answer and I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't know about. Those places in your life where there's stress, I'm going to tell you what, when I was laying down there on that, on that ground and that blood was coming out of my, out of my side, I'm telling you what, I, it, just, it, was, it was just, it was hard. I, I, I mean, the thoughts that go through your mind, am I going to die? Am I going to make it? Some of you have had some nightmares and you've had the enemies told you that you're not going to make it. Some of you in this room, I'm talking about some of you watching, I'm going I'm to address the fear. I'm going to address the fear and the intimidation that the enemy has tried to put on you. And it's a lie. I'm going to tell you it's a lie right now in the name of Jesus. Satan is a liar. I want you to say that with me. Satan is a liar. He is a liar. And he's been lying to you, telling you things, saying things to you that God has not said over you and to you. And God is saying, I want to replace that with the truth. You are accepted in the beloved. You are blessed and highly favored. You have the mind of Christ. You are seated in heavenly places. Your steps are ordered by me, says the Lord, and I delight in your way. And though I fall, you fall, you may not utterly be cast down because the Lord will uphold you with his hand. You are blessed in the city, blessed in the country. You are a royal priesthood. You're a chosen nation. You are holy and blameless before him. He sees you as holy. He sees you as justified. He's cleansed you. Yeah, but I don't know. Well, all I know is that he's already washed you whiter than snow. Yeah, but, but, but I did something yesterday. Well, I know that all my sins were nailed to the cross with Jesus Christ, and I now stand free and clean because I am the righteousness of God through Christ 
Jesus. I don't feel righteous yet. You don't smell righteous, but it's true. You're righteous anyway because my God shall supply all my needs according to his, his, his riches and glories by Christ Jesus. That means spiritual needs and physical needs, and I need to be clean. I need to be washed. I need to be justified. I need to know that God has already washed me and taken my sins and thrown them as far as the east is from the west, and he chose to not remember them. He throws them into the sea of forgiveness. I'll be like, if I had a sea of forgiveness, of, of uh, forgetfulness, I would forget where it was. But he knows where it is, so he throws it in there, and therefore he doesn't remember your sin, and you are justified and clean. You are. So I'm laying there on that ground, and I just know. I'm saying, I'm going to die. I'm not going to make it. And he's crying. We're not helping me. And they go, and they come back. They had to go tell Pastor Terry. They had to go tell my spiritual father. They had to go tell Pastor Terry. And I go back and tell him that they, Chris has been shot. And so they go back. I don't see him here this morning. They go back, and they find John Worley. John Worley, not the biggest man in the whole church, but they went, they went and found him. And they come back and they get come back to, we got to rescue me. They got to try to rescue him. And at the time, at the time, because I've, I've lost over 120 pounds since that, but I weighed 416 pounds. I mean, that's like, like a half of an elephant and then some, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 416 pounds. And they say, let's get him up. Let's get him up, boys. Let me tell you something. There'll be some people in your life that think they know what to do, but they really don't. That's why you got to trust in Jesus. Can I just tell you that? There'll be people that try to tell you stuff. They'll be like, I know what to do. Let's just, let's, let's do this. And all of a sudden, you'll find yourself being dropped on the ground like I found myself when they picked me up. Let's go. One, two, three. Mm, bam. Drop and hit the ground. Let's try one more time. At that point, the Holy Spirit should have said something to me and be like, let's not try one more time. But it didn't. So let's try one more time. So they reached one, one leg. And you know what? I would appreciate now because he's still here. The two guys that were there are still here. Maybe they should have came and got Roland. Maybe Roland would have been the one that came in and picked me up. Just so you guys know, it wasn't Roland that shot me. So you guys were thinking that it was Roland. It wasn't Roland. Roland was praying for me. Shut up, He was, yeah, he was praying for me. Anyway, so we pick up one leg, pick up the other leg, pick up my arm, and they drop me down on the ground again. Could I just tell you something? Look up here. Some of you are laughing, but the truth is, is the world has dropped some of you on the ground to try to pick, be picked up, and some of the, the world has dropped you and, you and had not only dropped you, but have forgotten about you. And some of you are still on the ground to this day. And the Bible says this, though a man falls seven times, he shall rise again. God is saying, rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up. Take your rightful place in the kingdom of God. You were never meant to be on the ground. There was one person who was in the ground, but he got up out of the grave and the stone was rolled away. And therefore, all power and all authority was given unto him. So that because he got up, you can get up. Amen. Out of that place. Ooh, I feel it. Y'all feel that right there? That's the air conditioning. But anyway, I'm telling you, I feel the presence of God trying to get up out of the clay. Get up out of that muck. Get up out of that mire. Get up out of that place where you're in. Some of you are in a place that you're not, you, you look good on the outside, but you're actually on the ground, on the inside. God is saying to you, get up out of that place. Get up out of that place of misery. Get up. Some of you need to let yourself up. You go, I'm not going to let myself up because I've done so much wrong. I've done some things that I don't want to talk about. I've done some things. God said it doesn't matter anymore. I've already paid for that in your life. So it's time for you to get up out of that place and go where God has called you to go. Do you hear what I'm telling you? Get up out of that place. And so John Raleigh said, he looks at me and he goes, Chris, if you're going to get some help, you want some help? You want some help? Then you got to get up. You got to get up. 
And I'm thinking to myself, he crazy. He goes, you got to get up. Because nobody, none of us can do it. I can't do it. These guys can't do it. You got to do it yourself. So I remember this, making a, a, a V with my, with my arm, pressing down the pressure, and, and, and picking myself up as I mean, weak and throwing myself in the back of the truck. And I want to tell you, some of you, you got to fight. You need to fight. You need to get to a place where you're like, I, want, I don't want to live in this trauma anymore. I don't want to live in this depression anymore. I'm tired of being oppressed. I'm tired of being in a, this state of, of oppression. Every time I wake up in the morning, I feel this, this gnawing in my stomach. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of the darkness. I'm tired of the, the tears. I'm tired of all of that. I'm tired of, and so you, some of you are going, to, Pastor Chris, I would get up if I could. I'm telling you, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and is able to quicken your mortal bodies. So they said, arise, Sally, rise. Wipe your weeping eyes. Put your hand on your hip. Let your backbone slip and tell the devil to zip his lip because I'm getting ready to take a trip with God and let the enemy know that you are going forward in him. I'm trying to encourage you this morning that you can do it. You can get up out of that place because he got up. Wipe your weeping eyes. You know, you ever seen a woman put a hand on the hip like this right here? You ever seen them do that there, that little deal right there? Vanessa only has to do that one time. She don't even got to say nothing. She put a hand on the hip. She's like, oh, really? Like, you know, no, 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 not really. No, not really. <laughs> We're just talking. We're just talking. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You ever seen a woman do that? You know what I'm talking about? The reason why I can demonstrate it real good, because I've seen it. They'll, they'll do like this and, this and then drop it down like that right there. And then when they start shaking a little bit like that, you better run. You hear what I'm telling you? You better run. So I'm sitting there, and I am in a place where I don't think I'm going to make it. And they, I get in the back of the truck, and those guys hit every bump on the way to, I mean, they found bumps that it was on the ranch. They found, hey, hey, there's a bump over here. I got it. Hit every bump on the way. Just hit them, hit them, bam. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm on, if I don't die from this gunshot wound, I'm going to die from him hitting all these holes in this, in, this, in this ranch. And so I said to myself, I go, you know what? This is the end. I know I'm going to heaven. I'm right with God. I know I'm going to heaven. So I'm, this is it. This is the end. This is this. I, I, I just know. So uh, John is sitting in the back with me. He's praying for me. And I go, okay, I'm right with God. I, feel, I can feel. I was like, I'm, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to see some people. And all of a sudden, I go, um, Okay, it's time to die. So uh, how do you die? Anybody? You know, there's, I don't know, there's not, they don't make a manual called How to Die for Dummies. You know what I'm saying? They don't make that. I don't, they don't sell that. They don't sell that. On, you know, so I, they don't know how to do that. So I just like, I, I don't know what to do. You ever notice that sometimes when you get into those places where you don't know what to do, do you start acting like you start getting all spiritual? Be like, I'll do what Jesus did. And that's what I did. I said, well, he said, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And so I said, I'm going to do that, too. That's what Jesus did. And they said, do what Jesus did. What would Jesus do? If I don't have a bracelet, but I know what he would do. And that's what he did. So I'm going to do that. So I said it. I said it in my heart. I just said, Lord, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And I opened that one eye like that right there. <laughs> open that eye. Open that eye. If y'all don't know what that is, that's the eye of, if I'm, am I still here? I look over there. John's still praying. I go, oh, Lord, I'm, I'm still here. And so I, I, must, I must have didn't say it right. So I didn't hold my mouth right. So uh, I said it again. I said, into thy hands. 
I commit my spirit. And after I said that second time, I'm, I'm telling you that every, every prayer that my mother ever prayed over me, every prophetic word that had ever been spoken over me, every prayer that I've prayed, every vision that I've ever had, every dream that I ever had, every time somebody prayed for me started flooding back into my soul. And it started flooding so much that faith began to be built in on the inside of me. And the reason why I'm telling you that is because some of you have tried to die. You've tried to throw in the towel. You've tried tried to quit. And God is saying, remember, remember, remember what I've said about you. Remember my promises over your life. Remember what was prayed over you. Remember those words that I've spoken over you. I watch over my word to perform it and it will not return unto me, boy. And everything that it accomplishes, I set out for it to accomplish, will accomplish. And I'm telling you, that is why you need to remember that God has said that I know the plans that I have for you, said the Lord, is to give you a future and a hope. So it's time for you to Pull out those dreams again. Dust off those dreams again. Dust off that place where you thought you throw it in the towel and say, you know what, I quit. You don't quit. It's time for you to stand up and take your rightful place in the kingdom of God. Amen. Remember, remember, remember. God has said over you, amen? Some of you have thrown, have forgotten. God says, remember, remember. And so that started flooding back. And so I started talking to myself. I started saying, you know, they say crazy people talk to them. So I started talking to myself. I started saying things like, you know what? You got places to go. You got people to see. You're not done. Remember that word that was spoken over you? You hadn't done that yet. I go, you know what? I haven't. And so some of y'all need to start talking to yourself again. Start saying, you know what? God said I was going to walk in this authority, and I'm not walking there yet, so I got things to do. God said that I was going to be healed, and I'm not healed yet, so I got things to do. I got places to be. I got people that need, that need me. I got, there's, I, I'm in the world for such a time as this, so it's time for me to step in the stride that God has for me. And I'm telling you what, some of you have been walking around like Eeyore or Winnie the Pooh. I'm telling you, you get a stride in your step and that stride says that I know in whom I have believed that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. I know that my God shall supply all my needs. I know that he's going before me and he has things in store for me. I'm not going to stop. And you get your swag back. Some of y'all need to get your spiritual swag back and let God tell you and, and lead you and guide you in all truth. Do you hear what I'm telling you? Yeah. Whew, I'm telling you, this was somebody. If you'll reach a hold and grab this, there's an anointing here to break off the yoke of the enemy. If you'll reach up and grab it right now in the name of, you feel that? That's the spirit of God. Some of you, there's, an, a, there's a power in this room. Whoo, right now, if you'll step into it and say, God, that's me. That's what I need. That's me. I've been walking in that way. And I've been, I threw on throwing in a towel. Pick that towel up and say, you know what? I'm going to fold it back, put it back where it's supposed to go because I know that God is leading and guiding me into all truth and freedom that God's bringing about in your life. So they get me into that place, and I'm, I'm laying there in the back of the truck, and I can hear everybody now. By this time, I can hear Pastor Terry praying over me, Roland's praying, and all the other guys are praying. The guy who shot me is not here. <laughs> He's crying. Everybody's crying. I love this about Pastor Terry. Pastor Terry was praying for me, and I could hear his voice. You know, Pastor Terry has that, he has that voice that is distinct. Everybody knows what it is, right? So he's praying. All of a sudden, there's a, a, a shirt that comes flying in and hits me in the face. And Pastor Terry goes, here, put your head on that. <laughs> so I, I put that under my head. The ambulance gets there. And then the, the, guy, the guy says, okay, 
Mr. McCray, we got to get you some pain medicine. I go, yes, I need that. And some of you heard this story where the guy goes, they can't find a vein in my arm. So the guy goes, Mr. McCray, we can't find a vein. So we need to get you some pain medicine. I was like, yes, you do need to give me some pain medicine. And so one guy said, we can't find a vein. So the guy goes, well, he goes, I know. Let's go through his toenails. There's a vein right under his, his, his toe that we can go in there. We go in and stick that needle right under that toenail. And we get that toenail. We can do that. And I was just like, you know what? Why don't you just get the gun and shoot me again? Why don't you just do that? Why don't you get that rifle, cock it. Here, I'll cock it for you. Just shoot me in the head. Because ain't nobody going to get no needle and go through my toenails. Let's just go through his toenails. Where did this guy start practicing medicine at? You know what I'm saying? Where did they find this brother at? How, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there'd be somebody that would say, you know what? Uh, what we need to do is metaphysically get something and hook up. No, this brother's had toenails. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the Sesame Street of Amberland. I don't know where did they find this guy. They stopped off on the side of the road. Hey, what are you doing? Nothing. You want to go with us? Yes. What are you thinking about? Toenails. Oh, we need you with us right now. Like, where'd they find this guy? Go through his toenails. Slap him! <laughs> and then right after that, right after that, they go, they, 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 they call in and they say, and they say, don't give him any pain medicine because he's, he, he, we don't know the extent of his damage. And I'm telling you what, it was, you ever, you ever have, have hope deferred makes the heart sick? Like, we're gonna give you pain medicine. <laughs> we're just kidding. <laughs> What is this circus act? Where'd you get these guys? I'm expecting clowns to just start hopping out of the ambulance right at this time. Just a bunch of clowns just hopping out. Toenails, well, this guy's name is Toenails, and this guy here is named, huh, just kidding. You know what I'm saying? But some of you, some, here's a, some of you are laughing, but you've been at a place, and what's caused some stress in your life is you've had a place where you were hoping, and you were trusting, and you were trusting and pulling on hope, and trusting in all hope and everything, only to be failed, have failure come and cause hopelessness to set in your, in your life. That's trauma. God wants you to be free of that. So I'm sitting there, and I, I just heard that. But then all of a sudden I hear, off in the distance, the sound of helicopter blades. I can hear it. And I go, what's that sound? They go, what sound? They couldn't hear it because they were trying, they were busy. So I'm telling you, some of you, if you would not be busy, you will hear the sound of hope coming to you. I go, what's that sound? They go, what sound? I go, you hear that? What's that sound? I could hear it off in the distance. What is that? They were busy. And I'm telling you what, stop being busy and start focusing on what God is saying over you and what his word says about you. And I hear that and Pastor, Pastor, I hear him, and I hear all of a sudden, they go, well, that's, that's the helicopter. And all of a sudden, I hear that helicopter coming, and that's the sound of, of them coming and getting, coming to get me and taking me to a place where I've not been. So I want to tell you this morning that some of you, that sound, your rescue is not the sound of a helicopter, it's not the sound of blades whirring, but it's the sound of nails being driven into the feet of a Savior. For some of you, it's not the sound, it's not the sound of needles picking into an arm, but it's the sound of a stone being rolled away from the mouth of a tomb. For some of you, that's whatever that that sound is, it's the sound of him saying, it is 
finished. And all, it's a sound of a veil, of a big veil being rent in two. It's a sound of freedom. And God is saying that what's coming for you to bring you out of that place of trauma in your life is the, is the sound of the Savior being risen from the dead and all power and all authority and all dominion and the keys of death, hell, and the grave and everything that has held you back. It's the sound of those keys jingling at his side saying that I have come to set you free. And if I set you free, you are free indeed. Last part of that, they get me in the helicopter and the clown show continues because what you don't understand is, is that I'm sitting here on the side and the muscles and spasming and there's blood still coming up, but they're just trying to get back together and it's spasming. My whole body is tensed up. And so I'm just tired because this is going on for a long time. I lay there and I'm looking at these two guys and the, and, and the pilot. And before they get, before I get on, the, the, the clown show continues because they go, how much do you weigh? Well, that's none of your business. <laughs> how much do you weigh? I know he was thinking, all of us combined don't weigh as much as you do. But I'm sitting there, and, um, and, they, and I'm, I'm tired. I close my eyes just a little bit, but I open them just a little bit. You heard the story. See this guy, look over here at this guy, and do this. Cutoff sign. That's universal. You know, everybody knows what that means, right? If I didn't tell you what that means, you'd be like, who, me? You cutting me off? You know, everybody knows what that is. You don't have to say words. You don't have to use words for this. Everybody knows I could come in here and be and talk in Zimbabwe. And I do that, you'd be like, oh yeah, no, no. Everybody knows what that is. Right? Everybody. See me backward. Oh yeah, I know. Everybody, everybody knows. You, 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 everybody knows. But that's universal. This guy would cut offside. And you're laughing, but the enemy has done that to you. He has tried to cut you off and has said that there's no more. Your life is no more. I'm cutting you off. That's the end. But God is not doing this. He's taking that hand and raising it and saying, all power has been given unto me. And so the reason you're not cut off, you're not cut off, you're not cut off. The reason why you're not cut off is because I have all the power. I'm giving it you to be able to rise up and take your rightful place in the kingdom. Some of your friends, some of your family, some of the people that you love have given you the cut off sign. The enemy has given you the cut off sign. God said, that's a lie. I'm not giving you the cutoff sign. You know why? Because you're still here. You're still here. Amen? So I'm just telling you what. We are doing this together, but we're doing this to cut off trauma. No more trauma. Do it with me. No more trauma. No more trauma. Come on, do it. Keep doing it right now. Say it over. No more trauma. No more fear. No more interpretation. No more of that. No more. No more. No more. Come on, say it with me. No more. No more of that. No more. I don't want any of it. I don't want any of that fear. No fright. I don't care. No more nightmares. None of that. I don't want any of it. Cut off. Cut off. Tell Satan, you cut off right now from bringing fear into my life. Because he said he saw Satan fall like lightning. And all that power has been given to him. And we have, she said, I've given you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And we have all that power to be able to say, you know what, Satan, I've had enough. You ever get to a place where you had enough? Enough is enough. And so therefore, all of that, and I'm still here. 
because no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, I get to condemn and call it to be in the wrong. So I'm telling you what, the weapons that he's formed against you, all of that pain, all of that sorrow, all that suffering, all that stuff that you've gone through, you're still here. And so he's trying to shoot at you again. He's still here. Listen, they cause this little bitty thing causes that much trouble. A little bitty bullet caused that much trouble. Blow, just fragments and all this stuff. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to be honest with you right now. As I'm standing up here telling you, talking to you right now, there's some, there's some pain going on right here. Uh, we're going to pray. I'm going to pray. We're going to pray that God would use whatever it is to get me, you, and whatever to the place that God has us to and eliminate that trauma so that God can arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered this morning. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Amen. You are listening to the Sojourn Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to view a video version of this message, please visit our website, sojournchurch.org.